Hi, welcome to Drift Compatible. I'm Sammy. I'm Kelsey. And this is a podcast about two best friends playing drinking games to our favorite movies. And this is our first one, so welcome. Welcome. <laughs> it's so good to be here. It's so good to be here. We've been talking about doing this for a hot minute. Uh, and we're starting with, um, as fitting for the name Drink Compatible, uh, we're starting with Pacific Rim, uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Um, and then screenplay done by Travis Beecham. Be- Be- I think Sounds Beecham's right. right. Yeah, Beecham. <laughs> Evidently, he came up with the idea for this movie while walking down the beach in like foggy morning, like seeing these like piers come out of the fog and just thinking about like what it would be like happening upon a huge monster coming up out of the ocean waves. That's cool, because that's like one of my favorite scenes from this, where that happens. <laughs> and honestly, just one of my favorite, like, word pictures. <laughs> a it, foggy beach? Absolutely. And his name's Beecham. <laughs> Beecham. Uh, yeah, though, if, if, if you've hung out with either of us separately or especially together, like, the term drift compatible comes up a lot so uh welcome to the bit <laughs> if this is yeah if this is your first uh, uh time watching pacific rim uh i feel like a lot's gonna make sense for you yeah we are the bit essentially we are the bit for uh this movie if we do merch we can have that on the shirt <laughs> we are the bit <laughs> we are the bit <laughs> we are the bit we are the podcast <laughs> anyway <laughs> I can't promise that there won't be more musical numbers. Almost absolutely. <laughs> well, so uh, who else is in the cast? Um, let's see. This stars Charlie Hunnam, uh, Idris Elba, Rinko Kikuchi, uh, Charlie Day, and obviously Ron Perlman as well. It's a good cast. <laughs> Very strong cast. The people that they chose for this really uh, are some really good character actors. Oh, absolutely. And, and the way... We're going to talk a lot probably about like the design choices and everything mm. as the movie goes on. Uh, so much of this is just so visually inspiring. There's throwaway in terms of that. Yeah. We should probably tell you about like what the what the structure of this is going to be. So what we're going to do is we're um, we have some drinks in front of us. I'll, I'll post the recipe that we did. It's basically just like some rum, some blue curacao and ginger beer with a bit of lemon juice. It's almost a con drink. It's definitely a con drink. <laughs> but we're going to... So, um, drink compatible, right? So we found a drinking game online um, that outlines when you should drink. We're going to drink to every occasion of the word Jaeger, the word drift, the word kaiju. Uh, anytime there's a nosebleed. Anytime there's a prominent shoe, basically. <laughs> so there's two shoe characters in this movie. So we're thinking... Uh, Mako's red shoe, mm-hmm. uh, when she loses that as a child in her memory in the drift. And Ron Perlman's uh, golden, beautiful, clinky shoes. Famous gold shoe. <laughs> um, and then also drinking for whenever a kaiju defeated. Now, Sammy, you did mention that we were going to drink whenever the word kaiju was mm-hmm. said, which does, according to the rules of this drinking game, add on an additional, like, 30 Five or yeah. like thirty to forty drinks. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was it was a bonus one that we decided to toss in for you, the viewer. Yeah, as if we don't usually do that whenever we're doing. That. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what we're gonna do? Um, we're going to watch the movie. Um, 
feel free to join us in doing that. And we're going to come back to you at one hour, five minutes and 49 seconds. It's basically the scene where uh, Raleigh and Mako have a nice chat in front of Gypsy Danger. Um, yeah. Any, any other thoughts before we get into it? Uh, I just can't wait. Me I have too. so much to say about this. <laughs> okay, we will see you guys in about an hour. Meet you in the drift. And we're back after uh, like an hour-ish of the movie. Um, feeling pretty good. Feeling very good. <laughs> um, we are definitely doing that kaiju rule. Yeah. And definitely getting uh, affected by that. Ugh, there's a lot. Yeah, we're through like two... Like highball drinks, uh, <laughs> we're, and we're, we're uh, like, yeah, we're gonna need to get a refill after this. Um, oh, absolutely, <laughs> but I don't consider that a problem. No, it's fine. I'm not horribly sloshed. I'm doing pretty good, actually. No, no, not at all. <laughs> we we've we've done this enough times that we realized. Um, let's go like low-ish alcohol by volume. So, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got like. It's, for for the main liquor component, it's like a shot in a pretty decent sized glass, mm -hmm. so we're not uh, obliterated yet. Um, we what? We do have an hour left of the movie we, to we, go. We do have an hour left, so let's see. So yeah, that remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. We we always manage to surprise ourselves somehow. Mm -hmm. We this is an event that we'll probably uh, make references to, but we we watched Rocket Man a couple months back and oh, did. Oh God. <laughs> And did a drinking game to that. Uh, oh no! While, <laughs> while oh. we were preparing for this, this podcast, uh, pretty much, and in that one there was, uh, there you had to drink every time there was a costume change. Mm -hmm. Every time, uh, he plays the piano. Mm -hmm. uh, every time he wears different glasses. Every time he's called Reggie. There, there was just and it, God, the first scene one after another. It was the it was just dominoes yeah. falling, except. Into our glasses. <laughs> yeah, that one and uh, like it chapter two uh, historically it did us in pretty dirty. It, I'd have to agree with you on it <laughs> chapter two because I don't uh, remember. Yeah, we, so, I, we didn't make it to the end. We definitely no, passed out. No, I, um, I didn't remember it being that difficult, which means that yeah, it was because <laughs> I also didn't remember finishing the movie. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, so so diving in, like this movie starts out really strong with um, Raleigh's whole speech, uh, s sort of explaining the world, doing some pretty good world building for um, Jaeger's kaiju and the drift. Uh, I mean, to start off, it was just brilliant <laughs> to make him come from the ocean. Oh yeah, that shit. was just really fun. <laughs> and in the opening scene, how they um, uh, reflect the uh, I guess disbelief in the um, that he is. Uh, expressing in his uh, opening monologue with like we always thought they'd come from beyond the stars <laughs> it turns out they came from a little closer to home but like it, it, it's going through this like inky like blue blackness dotted with what's supposed to be stars and then boom it turns out it's under the water under the sea copyright 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 <laughs> Ew, whoops sorry sorry Disney <laughs> Yeah, having them be basically gigantic sea monsters was very good. Mm. And like a nice, I think, callback to like Godzilla and those sorts of things. Uh, he's from the water, right? Godzilla is from the yeah, water. So Godzilla was made by... Uh, uh, nuclear suit. Yeah, yeah. By 
the bomb. Yeah, the bomb. <laughs> Godzilla was made because America bombed Japan. No, but that's really interesting too, um, because uh, historically, like that's part of the uh, reason why kaiju as like the movie franchise even exists is a direct response to um uh nuclear war mm. fallout um it is the horrors that can come from the devastation that humans can um uh lay waste to the planet and yeah. to the people and this uh directly reflects those ideas in being another follow-up kaiju movie i mean they specifically go in with the world building they go into explaining that uh part of the reason why um they are coming back at this point in time specifically is because humans have uh begun to pollute the earth and uh the ozone is Affected and the waters are polluted, and Newt says something along the lines of, "We've already begun terraforming our own planet." So this does a really good job of respecting the fact that, like, although this is fucking awesome, cool, big, huge, cool-looking monsters fighting big, huge, cool robots, uh, that it is still a response to like the horrors of human nature. What's that one good Godzilla song? Hmm. There is there it's it's there are Godzilla songs. One comes the to one, mind. The... Da 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 Go go Godzilla. And actually they, they do a cover of it. Um somebody does a cover of it for uh the last Godzilla movie that came out. King of Monsters. Yeah, I did I didn't I don't know, there were Godzilla songs. Yes. <laughs> hmm. History shows again and again that nature will be the folly of man. Go, go, Godzilla. I gotta look this shit up later, fuck. Yes, you do. That's good. <laughs> that sounds You know, I didn't think about that until, well, until you said it, but, like, yeah, this is, this is, like, a natural continuation of, like, the kaiju genre just being born of, like, oh, us fucking up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had a, uh, just a quick note in here. Um, about how like the government very quickly mobilized a response uh, to like the kaiju threat. Um, <laughs> Isn't and... it always so funny watching, uh, especially considering yeah. watching a uh, uh, pandemic movies uh -huh. and uh, like I guess like great what is it disaster movies where the government <laughs> is super on top of like yeah we got to figure this out and the scary thing of these movies is how much control the government has and in Real? Yeah, Life. we're we're so we're we're recording this and and like actually we're recording this like the night before like Biden gets inaugurated. Hopefully, oh, moving. This on. may be our last recording as well. <laughs> if you're out there, um, uh, other, okay. So so moving on from like the world building, um, they basically jump in really quick to every single aspect of like this. The set design, the cast costume design, the character, like mm. uh, everything, uh, the 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 slang integrated into into the the writing. Yes, neural load, neural handshake, uh, chase the rabbit. Yeah, left arm's gone cold. Hold, hold the miracle mile. It's so cool. I love that. I think that's such an important <laughs> part of world building to yeah. me. That's 
integrating uh, dialogue and the way people characters speak. Yeah. So I mean, like that, that's why, like, um, uh, I don't know, like Firefly. Uh, oh yeah. Why that like that did so well with like it's like country twang that like some of the characters have it's just like you're in the middle of space you're, you're nowhere near any of that but it it's, sounds so good you don't need to like do any of that but like, yeah there anytime like someone drops shit like like oh we've got to hold the miracle mile like we'll look at each other and be like how do you just say that how do you just say that and like continue on with your business <laughs> without being that. like Man, I'm cool as fuck. <laughs> right? Like, hold on, did somebody record that? Please tell me someone recorded that. Um, and that's why you have friends that will always bring up the cool things that you said. Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, just looking at our notes here. Um, we made it just a, a point to talk about Tendo Choi. Absolutely. Um, this is like the, the like engineering head of, of the Shatter Dome. Which, another cool fucking name. Oh, God, another <laughs> cool name. Shatterdome. I mean, like, even, like, calling them Jaegers, it's just... Yeah. It's Our shit's called the Pentagon. Like, cool, we named the geography, or geometry thing. Like, mm -hmm. And guess what it looks like? Just surprise. <laughs> but no, Tendo Choi is a very good intro into all the characters of this movie and everything that was put into bringing them to life like they each have such presence mm -hmm. it's astounding it's visually captivating and you immediately have an idea of who these characters are just by looks by mannerisms by again like speech pattern uh Tendo Choi uh, is one of my favorites um, because you see him in the beginning of the movie with the scene of Raleigh and Raleigh. <laughs> we're gonna Goddamn. we're gonna have a moment to talk about the the Australian accents in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Yancy, between Raleigh and Yancy, he's there in the beginning, and uh, uh, what is it? He's just got like a. He's younger at yeah, that point. It's five yeah. years in the past. And so when he's reintroduced, he's got some minimal, um, like a haircut difference. I think he's got sideburns. Yeah, his he's, pompadour is much thicker. His pompadour <laughs> is much more on. He's just got some visible differences to show <coughs> age and a natural just change in aesthetic, mm -hmm. you know, that you come to uh, with aging. Oh, man. But yeah, a brilliant name, by yeah. the way, which this. <laughs> Movies littered with, uh, what? We got Herc uh, Hansen. <laughs> Herc Hansen, Mako Mori. Good alliteration. Great alliteration. Fucking stacker Pentecost. Are you stacker kidding me? Pentecost. <laughs> Even just calling a Marshall Pentecost. Like, <laughs> Herman Gottlieb. Uh, we got Newton Geisler. Which should we talk about them for a second? Oh my god, we could talk about them for a long time. <laughs> These are two of our favorite characters. Obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're such good characters. Back, like on, on, uh, like uh, how how illustrative the character design and just design in general is for each of the characters and and building them into the world. Like, just a small example of that would be when we're introduced to Herman. Um, you see. The sort of workspace that uh, him and Newton have, um, and Newton's is all over the place, but Herman has these big fucking um, 
chalkboards <laughs> that I didn't really notice until like this watch through. Um, and I'm like, huh, is that just a budgetary shortage or... Um, but then when uh, Stacker comes in and like Herman has to explain like the, the the what's that thing called? God, what is that thing called? The, I don't know, the but they say the word the... throat. Yeah, it's like mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely comes up. Mouth. The mouth, the yeah. esophagus. Um, they're uh, basically doing an endoscopy yeah. on the uh, kaiju world. But they do Get that down into precursors. <laughs> but when he explains that, he's got like this whole like Tony Stark looking hologram uh, thing. So from that, you just see that the the chalkboards were an intentional choice on Herman's part uh, just to show his preference for old rigid shit yeah and you can see that throughout his entire character he's wearing tweed for god's sake this man's wearing oxfords in he's hong got, kong it's hot yes he's got a sweater vest he's got a cane um <laughs> just his speech pattern again yeah. <laughs> this guy right off the bat I mean, essentially, when you're introduced to these characters, they're in the uh, they're in the background, actually, on the uh, uh, runway, landing pad, airlift, uh, the place where the plane land, and then the main character come out to meet the other main character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic umbrella scene, by the way. Fantastic umbrella work. Who's the best umbrella boy in the credits? <laughs> we gotta check that out. We were talking about how um, when when we first see Mako Mori, um, she has her own umbrella opened up and then has a second umbrella because despite how big her her first umbrella is she's not sharing that with anyone besides Sacker Pentecost. Mm -hmm. It's it's just good illustration. Me and Papa both have our own umbrellas. <laughs> but yeah, you um back to the scientists. Oh yeah. Um you actually see them in the background of that scene and then meet them in the uh uh, elevator? elevator yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> with raleigh <laughs> the decostum boy and um yeah even there you see the um difference between the two um it's highlighted comically i mean this whole movie is over the top oh yeah yeah campy it <laughs> in my opinion in every perfect way but uh <laughs> it it feels so intentionally and well done and well thought out that it's not offensive yeah because it's all sort of so seamlessly woven together like there's not there's no point where i'm like ah that that moment is too much because it's all sort of like perfectly too much no yeah i don't <laughs> think any of the characters outshine one another i think they give the appropriate amount of uh screen time to the ones that matter um and i mean Okay, because of this over-the-top design and characterization that they put into each character, it uh, lends importance to them all. It helps you remember them mm -hmm. as different people. The ones that, unfortunately, don't get as much backstory. I would love to learn more about the Alexi twins and the brothers, but... Uh, that's okay. Later. <laughs> That's what the art book for. And what's, what uh, fan fiction is for. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> That's always what fan fiction's for. Um, I want to talk about um, Chuck Hansen. Mm, what's the boy? Chuck Hansen. Chuck Hansen is the son. Yes. We. Okay, so it's not so much about that character as much as I want to talk about Australian accents. <laughs> <laughs> this is a PSA on Australian accents. 
What? Okay, so Charlie Hunnam is is Australian, right? Mm. Yes, yes, he's, yes, yes, yes. He's the main. He's yeah, Raleigh. Raleigh. Fucking yes, he's Australian. <laughs> he does his best to hide his <laughs> accent. Um, it's fine. You don't always need to have a perfect American accent. Honestly, if somebody didn't like point it out, I probably wouldn't have thought much. But then on the other end of the spectrum, there is Chuck Hansen, who anytime he says Raleigh, I can hear every fucking vowel that is in <laughs> in that name. Uh, <laughs> that's not a knock necessarily. I just think it's fun. Two thousands <laughs> uh, kids from America. He's coming for you and your silent vowels. <laughs> God and the um, the names for the Jaegers. Striker Eureka. Striker Eureka. Crimson Typhoon. Coyote Tango. Coyote Tango is very good. Gypsy Danger is a little bit of a. That was unfortunate. <laughs> Fucking Cherno Alpha. Cherno Alpha. <laughs> I, I let's talk about Cherno Alpha for a second because right. because the the um sort of design does lend itself to to like one thinks ah that must be Chernobyl Alpha that's probably what they're making a reference to because he looks like a like the smokestack off a nuclear mm-hmm. reactor no. Uh, it's Chern- no. Chernobog Alpha, the Russian devil, which is so much more cool. What? Seriously? <laughs> it rules. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would. I would love a standalone movie about the Kadenovskis. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's their name. I hope that's their name. The Russians. I want. I want a movie about. Yes. Them. <laughs> me too. Do they have lines ever? I don't actually know if they if they say anything. It's one of them, and it's probably as they're dying. (laughs) They uh, do command presence, though. I love that scene where um, uh, it's the first drift between Raleigh and Marco, and Marco is about to shoot off a uh, Mm -hmm. trauma (laughs) bullet out of her hand. (laughs) The Lexi twins are just standing like right in front of this on a uh, on a boardwalk, just. Calmly, like, eh, I guess we should get out. Of here. Yeah, this is getting to be a bad <laughs> scene. Take a couple steps to the left. <laughs> the vibes maybe. are not good here. I that was a great scene in general. Um, just because uh, Rinko Kikuchi, Mako's actor, I thought like really sold it. Um, when you see her in the cockpit, that she was actually genuinely terrified. Like that yeah. looks like a PTSD flashback. Like, and honestly, that was the once you see like her face and like you hear the all the alarm bells going off. I'm like. Oh shit! This actually might go very bad real yes. quick. Like I was on the edge of my seat the first time I saw that. Uh, glad it didn't go bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm, I really love the juxtaposition um, between uh, Raleigh and Mako in that scene too. Ra- Raleigh like immediately being like, "Don't worry, dude. I know it's me. Sorry." And they're like, "Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. this time it's not exactly all about you." Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Uh, what else we got? What do you mean it's not about me? <laughs> we got a good note here. Um, Max, the Hanson's dog, he's a good there boy. There's a dog in there. <laughs> Very good, yes. That's all I wanted to point out. I just think he's nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's nice. He's nice. <laughs> uh, uh, man, I was going to say about uh, the scene between... Mako and Raleigh, uh, when they are uh, talking in the hangar later and discussing 
their traumas that they've been reliving, that they were reliving in the drift. So it's just like a really good scene. It's a really good, uh, I don't know, like explanation of these two people. If you're thinking about it outside of the fantastical, mm-hmm. like it's two people literally talking about like, hey, these are the reasons why like maybe we'll reach like communication upsets between one another they're talking through their trauma they're talking through why they would like possibly have hang-ups uh things in their relationships uh and in their histories that are gonna like make things rocky but it's two broken people coming together and like trying to be a whole person for another person and the fact that like raleigh is reliving that memory of Yancey getting yanked out of the cockpit through his point of view dog (laughs) immediate tears it's a it's a god i love the drift just as a um character storytelling method fucking plot device (laughs) plot device yeah um just because it it requires so much vulnerability and and yeah them talking about their past traumas uh before or after after the test drive and how Maybe that didn't go great, um, but that's okay. Like I don't like Raleigh being the experienced pilot. Never like shamed Mako for no. Like... Yes, <laughs> yes. It's trusting people to deal with their traumas as well as dealing with your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's a good note to dive back into it. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do have some drink to finish. We have a, we some make. movie to finish as well. <laughs> yeah, better. <laughs> now we're getting into the good yeah, stuff the with the big kaiju fights. Yeah. And my favorite. God, we've already seen some of my favorite kaiju. <laughs> Anyways, that's coming up and then I'll give you a whole list of all the kaiju that are in it and exactly <laughs> how i know them all by name <laughs> and how that's fine and i'm a functioning adult and that's just what we call coping and i call it being a kaiju groupie <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you guys um after the movie <laughs> That's a pretty good intro to the end. <laughs> That's a pretty good beginning to the end. We did it. We canceled the apocalypse, we can- guys. <laughs> Yay! We got there. Uh, okay. Um, with some drink left. With some, well, with some drink left. Okay, with third drink left. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's a good place to start. Um, how are we feeling alcohol-wise? good actually that one i actually felt like i paced myself yeah um that one i don't know if we mentioned this in, in the mid bar mid bar in the mid bard in midgard <laughs> not sure if we mentioned it back then if you were paying attention this is not helping my always thinking about final fantasy 7 bro <laughs> um <laughs> um the big pizza in the, the sky ba- <laughs> <laughs> um so maybe we're a little drunker than we thought. No, <laughs> no we're just impossible. Um, but anyway, I, I I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I thought for the drinking game purposes, this actually was a very well paced out movie. Like there were scenes where we drank, um, like keep our drink pretty close. Arm hand. We might honestly, if we In had like, a, <laughs> if we had had one of those like Smitty Warburton Jagerman Jenser hats. That would have been something. That would have been, especially <laughs> if people actually knew what that was called. 
Then they could know how to visually reference that. A schmitty what a hulu? Y'all saw SpongeBob, you know what I'm talking about. With the, with the straws and the beers and the... I never even knew it had a name besides beer. Oh, he's Smitty Werbin Yegaman Jensen. He was number one. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, guys. This is now officially a SpongeBob fan cast, so... <laughs> Always has been. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I wish I could... audience. <laughs> I wish I could say this is us drunk. This is just us. Um, uh, all the fights... Um, all the fight scenes, of course, people weren't shouting Taiju and Drift and yeah. Jaeger. Although, every once in a while. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, most, like, all the, I think on this half, um, most of the drinks came from, like, Hannibal Chow and, uh, Newt talking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, whenever we'd go back to, like, the control room. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Mostly, it's, it's seeing as how the words were Kaiju, Jaeger, Drift. But, um, wow, you know what, guys? More shoe scenes than I thought. There's a, a good couple shoe scenes. Um, let's, do we just want to start by talking about Hannibal Chow? Oh my god, we need to talk about Hannibal. We, we need to, uh, we need to, yeah, go on about Hannibal Chow. We need to go off. <laughs> so, um, where to begin? Hannibal Chow, great name. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, great actor. I think about Hannibal Chow's outfit at least, let's call it, two, three times a week. Every week since... Uh, Wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Those glasses. That, that velvet jacket. We, the entire, like, this entire watch through, we were just sitting there thinking, who the fuck is this guy actually, though? God, yeah, <laughs> I want to know his backstory. Talk about, like... Giving us enough of characters to paint a picture of them and uh, fit them accurately, like into the movie. But like Jesus Christ, now I just want to know more about him. Mm-hmm. Like this guy, he must have had some sort of like insider. He must have worked with the government. He knew Pentecost. Uh, I mean, he knew about uh, like kaiju ins and outs Mm -hmm. he drifted with a kaiju so he got that technology to do that you don't just fucking wind up with that and he also knew um the girl that tendo was hooking up with Uh, she's in here apparently you pointed that out to me this time Mm -hmm. i didn't know that (laughs) um well that's like meta knowledge but yes yes (laughs) (laughs) just a little bit into this franchise so whatever. Is this is this a good time to do Kelsey's Kaiju Corner? <laughs> <laughs> um so let's just talk about all the kaiju. Let's talk about the kaiju. They're gorgeous. <laughs> They're everything that I wanted in a giant monster. I mean they're hive mind, they're clone, which is great for uh explaining why they could be so many different like variations mm-hmm. um just giving like a reason for why there are so many uh constant attacks um and and a very good way of like making them at their core like just animal not like they have any intent or like will of their own really which actually kind of makes that kind of sad gives me a little bit of a shadow of the colossus vibe but like in the evil sense i guess so but man, the design for these guys. Yeah, we have a um, a note here. It just says bioluminescent shit. Mm. 
They were totally based off of uh, different animals. Oh, yeah. Uh, the designs. Uh, Leatherback, one of the... That's uh, the second kaiju that pops up in the double wave event. Mm-hmm. What do they call that? Double event. Double event. Yeah. Um, where Otachi, the winged kaiju that takes down Crimson Typhoon. Sad, fucking sad. Oh, and uh, Leatherback uh, pops up out of nowhere and takes down Sharna Alpha for goods. And that one's totally based off of um, a gorilla, some sort of ape. Um, again, it's called Leatherback, too. So, like, oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, but the bioluminescence, it's totally like an <laughs> underwater, like, sea creature thing, which at their core, I guess, they originate from quote unquote unquote and it feels like they lean into that more as the movie progresses too like the one you see i mean especially the ones that you see underwater are glowy as shit mm-hmm. um, yeah a lot of the movie um a lot of the movie in the beginning uh when they're showing footage of the kaiju it seems to be during the daytime and actually that's at true. the night or yeah later on in the movie it's uh all the fights are happening at night yeah or, or underwater or yeah. underwater yeah in a dark uh, locale, which like further aside brings us into the phenomenal fucking lighting of this movie mm-hmm. and the color choices. It is brilliant that I think the entire last half of the movie is at night. Uh, yeah. It really is. I mean, I think Newt goes to find Hannibal Chow. There like- might have been some like daytime happening overcast shit, but um That's about sunset, I think, yeah. Yeah, the rest of it's night, so like it really just makes those colors pop. Mm-hmm. Damn, that whole <laughs> city fight scene. I wanna I love that city fight scene. We were talking okay, before before that fight started, I think, or maybe uh, in the beginning parts, I was talking about maybe it'd be nice if just to just as like a daydream sort of thing like what if i were that big and i got to just fight a bunch of monsters mm-hmm. like all i would want is just a big fucking baseball bat and i don't know some good shoes uh <laughs> i don't want to step on anything that's me on a daily though yeah, so. that's true. um and then i forgot that fucking gypsy danger Picks up a whole ass oil tanker yes. and then beats the shit out of leatherback leatherback with it um that ruled everything involving the boat kicked ass Mm -hmm. um my favorite thing i think my favorite thing in that fight was the boat but also shout out to the sword that raleigh didn't know that they had and you made the point that oh yeah that like um perhaps mako was i mean they retrofitted the uh gypsy danger Mm -hmm. so um like, that was possibly a new addition that Raleigh had no idea about. Considering he should know all the ins and outs of his own Jaeger. Although, like, if you really want to get, like, into semantics, like, wouldn't he have known about it anyways because of the drift? But what the fuck ever. Oh, it's a good point. You know, you don't always think with all your brain. <laughs> no. I'll Here. drink to that. <laughs> Case in point. Um. Man, but... Yeah, that last city fight scene is so good. I love... Otachi is my favorite kaiju, so just getting to see that whole thing drawn out and it flying up into the into the space. That was good. 
That was good. And then I had a baby. (laughs) Then I had a baby. (laughs) Pretty much the only time that I'm like, all right, I'm okay with the baby thing in this. (laughs) Shrek, not so much. This? This is all right. Are you talking about the the donkey dragons? I am. Okay. Are those kaiju? And tweet us if you think the donkey <laughs> dragons are kind you. Or don't. I don't know if I need to know the answer to that question. <laughs> um, what else we got? Oh, man. Uh, the canceling the apocalypse speech. Uh, that rules. That's always good. Um, so good. God, and before that, the him talking with Maka, what was it that he said? Oh, she says... Something to him about how getting in the Jaeger will kill you. And he's like, mm. but not getting in one will kill us all. Oh, what uh, a line. <laughs> and then he goes on to like tell her that like he needs her to protect him out there. This whole dang movie it does such a good job of like exemplifying all these like really good parts of relationships. Of these different relationships, you've got Father and daughter, you've got father and son, strained and strong, you've got working relationships, you've got familial, you've got new and old, and the way that they navigate those is just so fucking precious. And the, uh, uh, like to that point, the, the beginning part of the canceled apocalypse speech that like I feel like people gloss over is, the, is um, Stacker acknowledging that like, we wouldn't have gotten to this point today without like the contribution of like every single person in the Shatter Dome. Like it's those like connectionships, connections, connections, <laughs> the, those connections and those relationships that got them to uh, that point. Um, mm-hmm. So even the plot of the movie is hinged upon um, like relationships. Yeah, and actually like working to make them better mm-hmm. and just really respecting them mm-hmm. <laughs> and working with trauma <laughs> do we want to talk about how they didn't kiss oh my god we <laughs> have to talk about how they didn't kiss i that sold me mm-hmm. on their relationship <laughs> it's too easy to watch a movie like this and at least for moi be just waiting for that disappointing scene of of course the main guy and girl are gonna have to get together mm-hmm. he needs a mate <laughs> but that didn't happen like every once in a while I just want like a good friend relationship damn it people can just be friends it's good it's that is always like my one of my biggest pet peeves is uh romance and movies in general i guess like like if it's if it i feel like it like almost never serves the plot other than like oh hey there's like two hot people on screen maybe we should have them like be together yeah like this is what you obviously want Uh i mean it goes into the whole very toxic notion that uh romantic relationships are going to be the most uh the most deepest uh connection that you can have with another person which meant a lot to me that they didn't have them explicitly uh you know with a kiss seal the deal into forcing the audience into accepting that they would be a romantic relationship and not like they're not saying that a romance 
is going to be like the peak of any two people mm-hmm. fully knowing each other and respecting each other. Like, damn it. This a is- good hug, a good <laughs> forehead touch sometimes conveys everything. Absolutely. And they do that. I'm so weak for, for just soft forehead touches. Yes. Anything involving a forehead really is good. Yes. <laughs> I love that. God. This, <sighs> this is... This monster movie about robots and, and aliens and and all that it did accidentally become, like, just the, one of the best movies about relationships, I think. Absolutely. And the fandom super just took on to that and was like, okay, well, if we don't have uh, this relationship, then we'll make our own! And on our socials, we're going we're gonna to post the drinks that we made. Uh, I'm also going to add in a couple fanfics that we've read. <laughs> That just fucking rule. One's one's like a, a Hobbit fucking AU good. with with Herman and Newt. Holy Actually, both are Herman and Newt, huh? They are. I mean, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> Where Raleigh and Mako had no chemistry, they I they mean, had all they, the chemistry. They, that's the like work enemies to friends to lovers. Yeah, that's an easy trope to go for. Damn it! If it didn't hook me in. <laughs> Um, but yeah, movie good. Movie so good. Movie so good. Do we have any last words you want to say about the movie? Or please watch it. If please you watch haven't. it. Holy fuck! <laughs> this was uh, this came out in twenty thirteen. Yeah, I, I believe so. that was uh, damn what a year. That was a defining movie of that year. It did not do well at all in the states. I guess, which is really, really sad, but um, apparently it did so well overseas that that's why it had a sequel, which we will probably do. Yeah. We've yeah. both seen it and actually liked it. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure if I liked it as much as this one, but, but again, that's fine. <laughs> I've only seen it once, and I mean, this one just... It's fun, and that's what matters, but we'll get into that. <laughs> Sometimes that's the most important part, and not the statement of yeah. relationships and... You know how maybe sometimes being a romantic is okay, like whatever. <laughs> you can be fine. You can be fully functional and just live with your best friend for the rest of your life. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a podcast with your best friend and like it's fine. <laughs> That's just as good as therapy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell my therapist this. Next good. <laughs> tell them I said hello. <laughs> of course, they know me. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you for listening to our um, pilot episode. Yes, this is a lot of fun. This is good. Well, definitely for me, anyways. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, this was listenable. Um, (laughs) We'll probably do. I think what biweekly was what we talked about. We're talking about doing this biweekly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. mostly for like our health. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Uh, if this is gonna be drink based, then I might need a breather every once in a while. Although, Mm -hmm. hey, if we continue on this pace, yeah, this was actually pretty good. This was we've gotten drunker just on normal nights. Yeah, (laughs) which is probably why we're gonna fix another cocktail right after this. Mm -hmm. So, on that note, um, thank you for joining us. I'm Sammy. I'm Kelsey. And this was drink compatible. Tune in next week for the pacifier. Thank you. Bye. We love you.